Hey, spooky friends, and welcome to The Twisted Twins, hosted by Britt and Kay. And as you can see, we have a couple guests here today. It's Cinco de Mayo, and why not have more of the merrier? Ooh. We've got Alex and Josh up here, and we have, what would you say, Kay? Big brother. Big brother or papa? <laughs> a, little, um, a little preview to what our episode is entailing. <laughs> so, yeah. For those of you that didn't pick up, that was Brittany's interpretation <laughs> of Eleven from Stranger Things. <laughs> She's my favorite. <laughs> 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 Guys, <laughs> shaking. So, <laughs> anyways our episode today let's get into it yeah so um like our previous guest star episodes we are going to start off with a little bit of a brief history and then just kind of open it up as like a forum style where we all talk and bounce ideas off of each other this episode is about project bluebird or also known as operation midnight climax also known as Project MK Ultra, baby. First of all, for such a horrific act to have one of the names for it be Midnight, what was it? Climax. Climax? Yeah. We'll that get into that. Sense. That'll make sense once we tell the viewers what yes. actually took place. That's, yes. And that's the thing, they're really good at naming these operations. Like, kudos exactly. to naming stuff <laughs> they should have yeah. called it midnight run and then did it to robert de niro that was another one <laughs> like, they're running out of names <laughs> yeah, they have the whole the whole collection it's really all right. just one of those bingos ball spinners and they pull a little piece they of paper out and it's like all right we got this this time <laughs> That's how exactly exactly so Listeners, viewers, come down this rabbit hole into Wonderland with us because <laughs> we're going to be talking all about Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds and some really fucked up situations here. Alrighty. So, MK Ultra, Project MK Ultra, began in 1953. Now, this covert CIA program was a way to develop specific techniques, if you will, um, for our government to develop these techniques over our specific enemies. So this was kind of, you know, the closing of World War II is finished and we're into Cold War times. So we gotta have some sort of line of defense for quote like spies that are infiltrating our country aka the soviets so the cia was convinced that we could formulate a way to weaken an, an incarcerated spy and turn them into their personal informants through mind control methods and other really messed up situations so North America, both the United States and Canada participated in this particular project. Um, and they were both, both countries were actually where a lot of the testing ground for this project was. 
Now, unwitting subjects from a minimum of 80 institutions, meaning prisons, hospitals, universities, were subjected to experimentation. Now, many aspects of MKUltra were completely illegal, um, completely <laughs> against, you know, um, everything that both countries stood for. So we're talking chemical, biological, radi radiological methods, psychological warfare, um, after, often incorporating LSD, like I said a few minutes ago. Now, the subjects of these particular experiments um, were experiencing things like sensory deprivation, hypnosis, electroshock, abuse and torture as a way to um, brainwash, kind of like um, allow mind control and have the person who's being experimented on and then hopefully, you know, an enemy spilling their secrets. Now, over the course of this entire project, thousands of people were experimented on. Several were killed during this process because a lot of it was just so horrific and, you know, we're involving drugs and it's not like um, it was common knowledge that you were being, you know, drugged or anything like that. So unfortunately, a lot of people were killed and therefore the CIA co like covered up these deaths um, in the process. Now, the covert CIA project lasted for 20 years, ending in 1973. Now, this is kind of well, interesting. So we, so we think. Yeah, no, I hear you. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Jumping the gun, if you will. <laughs> so, Throw that out there. <laughs> yeah. So um, at the time, like 19, early 1970s, um, Watergate, the Watergate scandal was occurring. And the CIA director at the time, Richard Helms, actually had loads and loads of Project MKUltra um, files destroyed. So in 1977, it was actually this particular project was a center, um, was the center of one of <clears throat> the Senate's like biggest hearings about Watergate. And, you know, at this time, it had been a couple years after the project actually, you know, quote unquote, ended, um, that the CIA then uncovered some 20,000 pages of records and information. And this is like across the board as far as like financial statements, um, like patient if you will, uh, test subjects, I guess I would say, little information about that sort of thing. But it wasn't until 2001 when the project was officially and publicly released and on the record. Now, some say the CIA continued mind control experiments under a different name, even to this day. And I gotta tell you, I believe it. I fucking believe it. Now we're going to talk about some pretty uh, well-known uh, 
people who were, you know, either working with this particular project, who were victims of this particular project, and just kind of have like a fun little round table about this, if you will. Um, if you, you know, any of our listeners have watched Stranger Things, it's it plays kind of a key um, element in the show where Eleven's mom, for instance, is a part of an MK Ultra experiment, and they experimented on her mother when she was pregnant, and then Eleven has all of these, you know, crazy powers and special abilities after the fact. Now, they actually experimented on pregnant women in Canada. And a lot of, you know, um, the survivors or the grown children of these women are now like in their 60s. And they're still fighting and trying to gain some sort of, you know, recognition for what happened to their their mother and um, mothers and what happened to them being fetuses. So it's just pretty intense. Um, well, yeah, and so let's and try to get legitimate recognition because even though they the document from two thousand one, anytime you bring up the term MK Ultra, immediately people jump to the argument of you know you're just a conspiracy theorist and you know just jumping down. Oof. Well, oh, we lost her. God bless America. And CIA is trying to shut us down. <laughs> Papa, that, stop it. it. It's proof. It's proof. What's happening? <laughs> Big brother, no. What is going on? Um, yeah. A lot of people don't even give you any kind of room to, to have beliefs or be able to say your side of what happened. And I, and I think that's pretty sad. If I can interject, I think that's kind of, uh, another conspiracy in itself when you look at um, history in a certain lens of thinking like um, not to get off topic but like Area 51 you know there was a lot of conspiracies that leaked about alien crashing at you know the Roswell site and um, I mean really what was going on is they were they were testing top secret aircraft like the U-2 spy plane which we were using to, to spy on the Soviets at the time but I think that's a good example of the government going, well, we would rather people think it's aliens than them know the truth. Because yeah. if the truth, then the secret's out. We're spying on our enemies and, you know, it's not so much of a secret anymore. So I think a lot of the times the government likes to capitalize on the opportunities like that and go, oh, yeah, that's a conspiracy. You know, it's aliens, it's aliens, that person's crazy. Yeah, there's There's a conspiracy that says conspiracy theorists that term was coined by the cia and oh, we, yeah we, uh brit that thing that we watched about when the um cia like made the whole when they coined the term conspiracy theory like just to throw people off mm -hmm. oh yeah it's crazy. and it makes sense because in our very first conspiracy theory episode that we did so long ago Brit talks about one that came to light, like came to light that it was real and it was legitimate from I think oh, sunshine. Yeah. And when you think about how many conspiracy theories actually have, you know, come to fruition or they're true or whatever you may be, yeah. it's like, 
How can you, I mean, like, okay, I don't think like the spaghetti monster that comes out of the ocean or whatever, like, okay, no. But the more you can blur those lines from a strategic standpoint, it makes perfect sense, you know? I know. If you throw enough information out there, eventually people are able to discern truth from fiction. Isn't that Project Mockingbird? The what? <laughs> what, are, what are with all these bird projects like bluebird mockingbird get the fuck out of here isn't isn't that what it what it was project mockingbird like when something truthful came out they like um added like seven fucking like false things just to like mix it up and be like look at all this crazy shit you know who knows what could be true right. like that episode yeah. of the office when michael scott is telling all the gossip back up the one truth. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, that's, I think they figured that out by um, trial and error of disseminating classified information out to workers in the government agencies that had sensitive information. So there was a guy who worked at um, S4 in Roswell, which is this top secret security site where supposedly they worked on alien aircraft and he said one of the ways that they would try to combat security leaks is to give false information to specific people, to everybody that worked on the project and had cliff notes. They would put something very specific in their briefing so that if it leaked, they could they trace do. it back yeah. to the person. That yes. Yes, and that and, and that taught him a lot. You know, it's you look at things like that and you put it into context of like, well, our government is an entity that's constantly learning through trial and error. And yeah. we know they do things like that because it only makes sense. It's a smart thing to do from a strategic standpoint. So it's like, what are they learning from this? They're learning how to muddy the water and grade the lines of truth and, you know, um, conspiracy. Yeah. And they're getting good at it. They're getting better and better and better by the decades go on. But I think an important part of understanding the MK Ultra and all of the other projects that went on like that, like um, Midnight Climax. Yes. Is to understand the history before that and how we led up to that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. That one is <laughs> Let me, okay, so let's do, let's name those two people that I had mentioned some pretty, you know, I don't want to say household names. That's sick. If you're a fan of true crime, you know these two names. First up is a a man who was subject to actually being um, a test subject. He was experimented on while he was in college at Harvard University, 1959. If you're a fan of true crime, you know these two individuals that we will be talking about. Um, one of them was actually a Harvard University student at the time in 1959. Um, I can only remember his... This is sounding familiar. Yes, Ted his Krasinski? calling card. Say that again. Ted Krasinski? Yes, the Unabomber. AKA the Unabomber, yeah. Yes. Like, yep. fucking wonder. How old was he when he underwent MK Ultra? Um, he, yeah, he was a college student. So they had, you know, done a lot of that psychological warfare, um, heavy brainwashing, heavy manipulation, mind control, 
to where he's literally spilling his guts to these people. And then it turns out just to be this whole clusterfuck of what is this really? And almost to the point where he, he got committed to a psych, um, in a psych institution for it. So it's like, you guys literally bred the Unabomber. Like, no wonder this man turned out the way that he did. Like, good job. And I think I don't think his his manifesto is available to the public, but the people, I, I, I might be wrong about that. It might be out there somewhere, but I'm sure it's hard to find, and for good reason. Alan He's a smart kid. I think he was yeah. too young to go to college. <laughs> 26. Yeah. I'm like, here we go with Alex, Mr. Encyclopedia. I mean. Let's pass the mic on to Alex, who always knows everything. <laughs> oh, shucks. Okay, so here we go. I <laughs> Buckle I up for good, safety, ladies and gentlemen. I, I think a, a good thing to have with when we're talking about all this, because an interesting point is about the ethics of all this. And I think you touched on that a little bit as far as you know, they killed a lot of people and they um, they manipulated, they lied, and they, they lied to the people they were conducting these tests on, and they lied to the general public when it came time to disclose the information that, like, hey, we're running these experiments on our own people. So there's a lot of ethical questions about was this right or was this wrong? Was it for a greater good? But you can only have that conversation if you know a little bit of the context leading up to how we got here as a nation, as a government, as a secret organization, as far as like the CIA and all these organizations that are, you know, top brass government started mm -hmm. conducting, you have to know how we ended up here. And I think a good place to start is 1945, the end of the war. And the two superpowers that were left after this great war are the west which is capitalism and then the the east which is the russian communists you know and at the end of the war we weren't allied with the communists but they were that what's that saying about the enemy of the enemy is my friends that's where we were in relations with those superpowers at the time you know yeah. so you had the russians wanting to spread their ideology that was based out of Leninism and then Stalin came and he took control and led their country into the Great War and not the Great War, that's the first war, the Second World War and we defeated this great evil. Well now where does that leave us? You know, we have two conflicting ideologies that are opposing in its nature. You know, we have an ideology that's um about in its core um mediocrity no is that right meritocracy you yeah, know meritocracy Merit, it was a meritocracy in nature you know if you work hard and you do right then you can get here like as if josh knows what the fuck you're talking about <laughs> and also also to speak on world war ii the end so picture this the u.s government were up against you know two of our enemies aka the um, Nazi Germany and the Japanese. And what did our government do just to kind of like um, get secrets, get intel, get all of that? They started MK Ultra minus the LSD, I'm sure, um, after clearing out concentration camps and gathering up, you know, SS soldiers and all of that jazz. 
doing psychological warfare. Yes. And getting this information. And not only that, they fucking did it at Japanese war camps across the ocean, you know? So it, it bred this idea of, hey, wait a minute. This is working. We got this intel. Let's continue yeah. this. Keep going. And, and the scary part is that we let people who were responsible for great atrocities in the world get away with it because they were more of a use to our country in fighting this next generation evil as we saw it to get ahead of the game you know what i mean like mm -hmm. these are people that were responsible for the Ladensborn project and if you don't know what that is it's basically a eugenics project where the ss were trying to breed the perfect soldiers you know they would get the ss blonde hair blue eyes six foot muscular top breed men in their eyes and then they'd get these you know beautiful blonde hair blue-eyed women and they would have summer yeah. camp for them where they would just breed for months and months and months sign and me up <laughs> you don't qualify baby sit your ass down but the interesting thing about that is like 80% of those people that came from the Lebensborn project, and this is a real thing, you can look it up. 80% of the people that were born from the Lebensborn project are either dead or in jail. They were all criminals, you know, because they, they didn't have the nurturing aspect of uh, both parents. They were born out of necessity for trying to find this warrior gene, you know, yeah. and we discovered that from a lot of the things. And this is where, I think it gets interesting when you talk about the uh, ethics of the whole thing, you know, because in these great atrocities, and this is a controversial opinion, we've made great leaps in scientific knowledge about the warrior gene, you know, from um, from uh, the Lebensborn project sprouted Les Fonceribes in, in Paris, where they started actually looking at the genetics of kids and where these genes come from. You're just like fucking crazy. You just like <laughs> all this shit on. I, should, I gotta wear my hair like. But it's true. I mean, a lot of these, a lot of these programs sprouted a lot of knowledge that we, I mean, use till today. We know so much about genetics from these horrible atrocities that took place at this time. And Operation Paperclip is a great example where the end of the war happens and then we're snatching up all of these German SS soldiers. Some of them go to Israel to stand trial, like, uh, and then a lot of them flee to other countries yes. that were Nazi, Nazi friendly, like South, South America. America. Argentina, mm -hmm. that's where they found, um, not Barbie, what was his name? I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but um, Israel ended up having to send people into a sovereign nation, which is invading, and kidnap <laughs> these people, and then prove that, like, these aren't Argentinian people, these are SS soldiers, and they ended up standing trial. But the crazy part is the U.S. and the Soviet Union at the time snatched up a couple of these guys the 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 lead rocket engineers because i mean you got to know that the ss built the the jet engine first they beat us to that you know they were the first in a lot of things and we knew that and we knew that if we took a lot of their scientists and engineers we could get ahead 
And that's where the ethics comes in. It's like, was that the right thing to do for our country and for all mankind in that kind of sense? Which I can, I can definitely see that. I, what gets me is doing it on people like in the prison system, in the mental health institutions, mm -hmm. in the if not then, who else? And I'm not, I'm not advocating for that. But to play devil's advocate, if not them, who else? Do we do we conduct these experiments on normal functioning members of society, which we did eventually anyway. But mm -hmm. you know, that was the initial thought. I think it was like, well, let's take the worst, worst of our society and conduct these experiments on them. And if they go wrong, no harm, no foul. Nobody's gonna miss them. You know. Yeah. So. Um, Stuart Kenneth Moore actually made this really like stellar, cool looking graphic novel all about it. And it was basically, it's basically about a journalist who dove deep, deep into this fucking project. And it's pretty interesting, but, um, he kind of describes it as the CIA first began on the top of like ethics and on who they you know who to do these experiments on they started dosing each other's coffee with lsd without telling each other and it was just kind of like a because at first it was just like okay obviously i mean it's been happening we do witch trial episodes all the fucking time not all the time but we do them often yeah. enough to talk about torture so you know humans unfortunately know that torture can get you so far but the CIA started actually dosing each other's coffee. And it's, you know, he describes it as like a pop culture ride through Alice in Wonderland because it's literally all about, you know, the LSD stuff once the project really kicks off. And his, in case you guys want to read it, and it's just a beautiful, beautiful artwork, all of this stuff. It's um, MK Ultra Sex Drugs and the CIA. And it's written by Stuart Kenneth Moore. And it's just, it was really good. Really good. There's an interesting thing about that that I was going to mention real quick. I'll keep it brief. Is how the military, they you know, they always say the military is about a decade ahead of the rest of the general public and stuff like that. And you, you said that a lot of these programs started in 56, right? Um, 53, I believe. Okay, even earlier, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. the the love movement really started in the 60s, you know? And what is the love movement centered around? LSD. Yeah. And it, it's just, it's not a coincidence that the government starts uh, meddling and, and tr experimenting and trying to um, find or weaponize um, these chemicals and then it gets leaked out to the public so they can do kind of like a mass study of what this does to a general public. You know what I mean? And it, it, that's a conspiracy, <laughs> but it, it sounds like it, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, by the way, in case you're wondering why this looks like such a big group, it's because it is, bitches. Because it's Cinco de Mayo. And we're here with our crew, and we hope you guys are having a wonderful weekend. We got our little. <laughs> We've got the Gigglebot Juniors over here. Here. <laughs> my my son's yeah, here. Coming out of my nose. <laughs> oh my god, that was great.
I hope you got that. I don't think you said in. It's in. Because we haven't cut yet. Oh, ow. Yeah. So we have our whole group here. We're doing a little, you know, round table discussion about all of this stuff, edumacating each other. And yeah. So let's jump back to because we have another person who was around in the um, 60s that we're going to talk about, who uh, was also rumored to be a part of, and I'm looking at you, Alex, <laughs> that we're going to also talk about. But let's jump back before we get into him um, about Germany. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, part of that um, context that I think is important is that so we, we ended up talking about a little bit about Operation Paperclip and how the U.S. stole a lot of scientists and engineers and stuff to kind of help us get ahead of what we knew was coming. Eventually, it was going to be the war of ideologies with uh, the Soviet Union, you know, and um, that in itself, there's so many conspiracies, you know, like, do we really go to the moon? And. When you look at things like that, I think it's the context is the most important thing because I, I've, I've talked to a lot of people and they've always, you know, that that topic in conspiracies is one of the most infamous ones. You know, did we really go to the moon? Did we really go to the moon? I think the important thing to note about that is like it doesn't it's not so much if we went to the moon. It, the, the question I think people should ask is why was that such an important thing at the time? And, and right. the real goal and objective of the time was to bankrupt the Soviet Union. You know, we were at an a information war. That's what the Cold War was. It was a war of spies, a war of information. Who can get where first? Who can achieve this kind of dominance before the other person could to stomp out the other ideology? And, it, and that's what going to the moon was all about was who can um put weapons into space first and we we knew that that was kind of way out there you know like uh, reagan had his star wars program where he wanted to put nukes in space and really the goal of just the era was we're gonna we're gonna do this until the soviet union goes broke trying to compete with us and it worked it yeah, absolutely but- works because they fell apart shortly after that and then that's where um the berlin wall falls and gorbachev breaks it down and you know you have this break in all of this information now it's not isolated to east or west germany you have people going through both in a mix of information and it gets really messy yeah what do you what do you say about that mom (laughs) mom is here she say i i would say you would be a great history teacher. That's what I, would say. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I do. I, I this is my best. <laughs> I, I I love history because I mean, there's so many things that you can connect the dots with when you connect them with wars. You know, I mean, everything about our history, even when you look at the love movement, it's like, well, that was started by a war. You know, or if you if you understand the wars of of humanity, you understand the rest of history. They're like the big connecting dots of all these things, and I think that's a that's why it's so important to know the context of how we led into this generation of Cold War spies, information dominance, and all that stuff. Yeah, 
the um this is so silly for those of us who grew up on boy meets world this is so fucking random do you guys remember anytime i think of like the soviets and like russian spies in america i think of the boy meets world episode like, where his oh, parents yeah, yeah. they go into the closet and <laughs> they go into like a noir setting yes yeah. yes oh, i'm glad i'm not alone in that um anyway let's dive into the man the fucking myth the disgusting legend another true crime popular candidate um charles manson that's an interesting one mm -hmm. because so he he was also experimented on in mk you no i mean that's no. a conspiracy in itself because nobody there's no hard evident documentation that's ever been declassified that's named him as a co-conspirator in the cia's meddling of all these drugs but i mean the timeline just adds up so perfectly you know what i mean the government wants to see what they how far they can go with these mind control techniques and what exactly they can do and what information they can get by utilizing lsd and other psychedelics and um, uh, there, there's an author, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he wrote a book called Chaos. And Bless you. he did almost 20 years of, um, of journalism talking to people that were there, uh, officers that had had Charles Manson in their police stations, and he was mysteriously released for no good reason, you know? And when asked, like, this guy's, like, wanted for for really bad crimes. How, how are we just letting him go? Every answer they always got was it's above our pay grade, you know? And that was it. It always got dropped at that level. But I mean, we know for a fact that he was heavily um, utilizing LSD to prime his candidates for his uh, Helter Skelter cult. And we know that he, uh, <laughs> He, I mean, there, there's a lot we don't know, but what we do know, it just adds up too well for the whole MKUltra conspiracy, you know? And the public, the, the public view and the way that they kind of play off the Manson, um, Charles Manson and the family is they were, they were wanting to get him for something more. They wanted something definitive like um, tax fraud or something like that with his whole family living on the commune kind of thing. They wanted to have something bigger and more definitive because they couldn't necessarily point the finger and prove it. And especially like he had never, well, he wasn't, I don't want to say that either because he could have been. So was, was he just another CIA in, Informant I got fucked over once they were done with him. That's that's the conspiracy that he was an informant and he was a test subject at first, but eventually the CIA saw utility some kind of utility in him. And here's an interesting thought that just came to me. I don't remember if this is in the book exactly. Excuse me, but I I think that there's an interesting point to be made that okay, what kind of lifestyle did Charles Manson have? He lived in communes, okay? The root word being commune. And 
who was our greatest enemy at the time? Communists, you know what I mean? So he's living a lifestyle that fundamentally goes against the principles and the, the ethics of our country. And at that time, the Soviet Union, well, I guess this was already towards the end of the Soviet Union, but they're, they're playing it close to the belt. And we can't just go out and start a war with the Soviet Union, but we know we need to, to, to win at whatever cost. I'm wondering if there's not some kind of idea that somebody had up there that said, you know, this guy's living the lifestyle that we're trying to oppose in this country. What if we, and this might go into like the beginning of false flag operations. You guys know what false flag operations are? It's uh, kind of like, I don't mean to get political now, but it's kind <laughs> of like what's happening with the pipeline in Russia. You know, it's like this pipeline that was feeding oil from Russia to Germany. And this is happening now, you know, so it's an interesting thing to, thing to think about. This pipeline that's feeding oil from Russia to Germany just all of a sudden got blown up. And the U.S. is saying it's Ukrainian-backed troops. Right. But the rest of the world's thinking it's us. And the first person we blame is Russia. That doesn't even make any sense. Why would Russia blow up their own money-making pipeline. That's a false flag operation. It's where you commit some kind of crime that you know the general public is going to be upset with and bl then blame your enemy so you then have an excuse to go out and do something about it. Which I can I could see, because it's hard for me to think of um, Charles Manson as a CIA informant or as like somebody who is a part of it because he, like, he did have a very terrible childhood and upbringing and in that he was in and out of jail like his whole life his whole life his mother like sold him for a pitcher of beer when he was five years old like, but with that, it makes more sense to me why of like nobody's looking for him nobody's but the, but the cia also being like hey like if they saw something in him that they could benefit from being like, or even just learn from, you know, this right. is a guy that has opposing views from the general U S mm -hmm. we know that this is how our enemy thinks. If we can and use this guy to, you know, start these groups and kind of see how they operate. There's some, there's, even if it's the most minicule amount of information, we can learn something from this. We can learn how they think, on a fundamental level, especially if we're dosing these people with acid, how far are they willing to go for their their cause? You know, stuff and like he was so he was so demented. Yeah, he was so demented in wanting to um, start a race war mm -hmm. and all of that, and did convinced his people to do such atrocious acts to you know a handful of people, and it's just. I can I can see it now a little bit more and maybe in that they're like, hey, let's see where this goes. But at the same time, I'm like, how can it be that? Um, how can you how can it be like such a whim, like giving it such a whim? Like, you know, this guy is very charismatic. He can build build a following. He's, He's just like any guy in his position. He wanted a following. He was yeah. just doing it in a different way than dictators do it when they take over a government. Yeah. Um, it's just, I mean, he he's crazy. Yeah. And, uh, 
and delusional and who knows what the fuck else. But that charisma that you mentioned, that's how he was able to maneuver it and, and make it what he wanted. Um, yeah. But bottom line, he's a nut job. Yeah. Oh, 100%. And I think the utility is scaling down. Like, like uh, you said, it's, it's scaling down the dictatorship into a very controllable scale you know where if if things get too out of hand well we could just take this guy out he lives in our country we, we you know maybe we have um connections that can do it for us or whatever but i think that was if if the conspiracy is true and he was a part of the mk ultra program early on and they found some kind of utility for him to learn from that was the point was to like we can learn from this on the scale of a miniature little dictator in the same ideology of our enemies. But this kills. I see him as like kind of a like uh anarchist also. Why not just a hundred percent? Why not just spill all the beans once he's in prison for that what's her name murder? I mean, would anybody believe him? Oh, because they painted him constantly in yeah. the media as a as a complete I mean, and there's videos of him, <laughs> yeah. of him just being a whack job. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A lot of the time, if he was in or like in a place where he was around people when he was in prison, he was doing the same thing. Like mm -hmm. he never stopped trying to get followers, trying to get people to do whatever he wanted them to, even in prison for the rest of his life until he died. He was... He was a psycho to the sense where if he was saying anything, no one was going, no one was going to take it seriously. And that yeah. creates that plausible deniability that I think they like, yeah. you know? Which, which when you say that, I can see, I can mm -hmm. see to an extent. I don't think that they could have anticipated the murders and the crimes that he would have done and maybe even his, I, um... I feel like you're giving, you're letting the government get off on... It's just so crazy. Well, why, why did he get out of jail so many times, you know? I mean, he, yeah. he was a, a petty criminal, but I mean. I met one of the police, a police officer that arrested him at one point. I know. Story. And it was the craziest, you know, reenactment. Explain the going through the tunnel thing, which is yeah. fucking chilling. Back, this is back in the day where if you're getting arrested, um, you're not getting put in the back of a Crown Vic with a gate in between you guys. Like they're putting you in the back seat or they're putting you right next to them. Okay, and this is like no cell phones, radios were seldom, you know what I mean? Like it was like, I don't would not have been a cop during these times, but um, I also probably wouldn't have been allowed to for a little while, you know, women. <laughs> Anyways, that's another talk. But he gets a call to go arrest this guy for some petty bullshit. Like, it was it was like one of those like tax evasion type of situations. Like they were like, all right, let's get this guy. Or he was like had some vehicles parked on his land that shouldn't have been parked there and needed a permit or some bullshit. So he goes and they arrest him and he's taking him into the station and it's Southern Cal or California where. And he's driving through there and he's sitting, Charles Manson is sitting right next to this cop and they're talking back and forth about whatever. And he's like, this guy's kind of a fucking weirdo, but you know, like it was whatever. And <coughs> through 
the tunnel and it was, he describes it as this guy was like nice and whatever, kind of weird, but whatever. And then they passed through the tunnel and it was like a complete switch. Like he described it as, I felt like the devil was sitting next to me in the car just through that quick little tunnel um, drive on the way to the station. And his whole face changed, his whole demeanor, his energy. And this, um, when I heard the story, this police officer was about to retire, but he was still working. And he remembered it so vividly. It was like one of his first calls ever. And, um, and this is before Charles Manson was like, you know, a household name, like really well known. And he's like, I don't know who the fuck this guy was. So as it progressed years down the line, and he's like, I arrested that guy. And they I sat up, right next to him. Yeah, they ended up setting he's him. He's got a great story. Huh? He does. That guy's got a great story. <laughs> oh, yeah. And he loves telling it, too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame him. Yeah, I would, too. <laughs> I really didn't, but because um, this was years ago that he that I had heard that story, um, so I definitely missed out on all the details. And he was so descriptive when he was like, the way that this man looked like the devil yeah. hit her changed, like everything about his demeanor, and and that makes okay, um, you know, the immediate response would be, this guy sold his soul to the devil. You know, oh my gosh, like he's really possessed. But on the other hand, it's is this a really smart, calculated man who is trying to intimidate by changing those features, changing yeah. you know, changing his voice? It puts you. I can't. I hate talking about Charles Manson. I know. I and then the the other flip side of that, I'm like, why were they arresting him for all of this petty shit? Like I said, like trying to lead up to, oh, we need to get the bigger, you know, the bigger thing, bigger thing, more um, concrete proof. Like, what if they were arresting him? This is such a conspiracy. Just put that on the record. Um, to have, like, briefings with him. Oh, for sure. Or, something. or, or yeah. a paper trail for the for more of a pl deniable plausibility. You know? Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, we arrest this guy a bunch of times. We're just going to throw him, lock him up and throw away the key. You know? Yeah. Honestly. Or release him so, back to his. Yeah. When it comes to stuff like this, like, I don't want to say 100 for real but in movies we can always relate to a movie or pop culture and when you think of the government you know implementing that um uh, an informant that's you know not well known to all the other criminals that they're around they are always setting them up that in case this goes south we can always show that no matter mm -hmm. this wasn't us he was crazy to begin with he was a criminal mm -hmm. to begin with Look at all of this past stuff. Like I, I would just say that that would not be far off. That one hundred percent. Yeah. Plan. That goes back to Project Mockingbird of like the CIA using Hollywood and like pop culture mm -hmm. too. Like yeah. For, and know. that also makes social you, media. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. Now the bit. Well, during COVID, the biggest thing with conspiracy theories popping off everywhere was the light that was shown on Hollywood. Like. Finally, and people actually being able to come out and say, you know, they are having these illegal sex parties in this weird, creepy circle and Epstein. Why have none of them been arrested yet? None of them. And that that's a big thing with like, that's a compromisation for 
elites, you know, like Epstein. There's a conspiracy in that where Epstein's a CIA agent. This is a conspiracy. Yeah, I've heard that one. That who whose primary task was to compromise officials to get them to do bad things and then go, look, I got proof. You're going to do exactly what we say or this is going to get leaked. And that's exactly why that stayed, I think, you know, that's exactly why that stayed under the radar for so long, because he's an asset to these big organizations, these three letter, you know, government agencies that are all about power and stuff like that. Yeah. And an interesting point I wanted to go back to real quick about your story about the guy who who arrested Mm -hmm. Charles Manson is that switch that went off when they went through the tunnel. There's something that happened with MK Ultra that the government yeah. learned about this. triggers and stuff like that. Yeah, they, I mean, that's what I these, thought too. A lot of these uh, early programs started out with the basics, and the basics of that is hypnosis, you know? So they get psych, uh, psychiatrists and stuff like that who specialized in those forms of, uh, of therapy to kind of educate their agents about like what is hypnosis and what is hypnosis you know they they there's uh i don't know the exact numbers i'd have to look but there is a very small portion of the um, the population that's highly susceptible to hypnosis and i want to know questions about hypnosis literally let me drop the mic to mom because she was a hypnotherapist take it over for a second i mean you know, chime in with Alex on your thoughts on that because when it comes to the MK Ultra conspira- conspiracies or what, how it goes further, if it's still happening, that's a huge thing. And I'm so glad you brought that up because I didn't even think about that connection. No, like going in the dark. Oh, where they, he was like, I'm done with that. Wait, what now? The trigger. Like work. if Charles Manson listening. was, if Charles Manson was driving through a tunnel, like say, when he was on this way to the station, he drives through the tunnel and it's dark. And as soon as he pops on the other side, he's a completely different person. Could that have been like a trigger from like a hypnotherapist during like an MK Ultra experiment? Could that potentially be like a, I forgot what they call it, mom. Like a, a, yeah, it could, it could be. Absolutely. A primer. A primer. Right. It, it's, okay. it's when you prime somebody for yeah. instant hypnosis. Yeah, instant. It's like when you say, if you hear bell, yeah. you act like this or. Yeah. yeah there, there's all kinds of things. Plus the amount of, of drugs that might've been involved that even would have enhanced it to different levels, you know, who knows, but it's fun to talk about and listen to. Uh, but will, will we ever really know? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and the the interesting thing is when you get it back into the drugs is that um, psilocybin, which is found in a lot of um, mushrooms and, and natural forms of LSD and stuff like that, it increases uh, visual acuity by like 30%, you know? Right. And one of the tests that a lot of uh, hypnotherapists use has to do with the eyes. They have you look up and back and then... I don't exactly remember how the test goes, you look but they look and you back down. Yeah, there, there's all kinds of things. Absolutely, absolutely. Right. Or how and, you and, and it all has to do with the, It has to do with the eyes, right? So there's something about the eyes that tells a hypnotherapist if somebody is more susceptible or less susceptible to hypnotherapy, right? 
Yes. Yeah. Oh, so, I what mean, that's it? exactly what. <laughs> yeah, what is it? Explain with your eyes. I'm, I don't know. I'll drop it back to the expert. <laughs> what do you look for in the eyes that shows that they're more or less susceptible to it? Well, if you do a quick test where you can just have them like um, look up like you're looking way up and, you know, behind your eyebrows and then look down and just see who seems to be um, not only following instructions really well, but doing it. It's just, it's just what you're looking for is... Um, you know, just like what you would look for. It's not any like secret, but it would be. But as with the way that I was trained was looking up and then looking down. You, yeah. it, it's a form. I don't. I don't think I'm going to say this right. So tuck this when you do DUI checks when the eyes shake. Yeah, right? yeah. that that's not that, so with the eyes shaking. That's going to be. Um, I mean, it could also be a medical issue too. There are medical issues where your eyes shake uncontrollably, but you can actually, I mean, it's not like 100%. You can guesstimate with a pretty good sense of guesstimation how like far off they are, um, you know, from the legal limit by how their eyes are adjusted or how they're And another really interesting thing that I always love doing is um, when like you've had like an energy drink recently or a cup of coffee and you close your eyes, your eyes are always with caffeine in your system. But when they're moving like uncontrollably, you're standing there and they're like, obviously that's a stimulant. You're under a, a serious stimulant like cocaine or methamphetamine. But um, yeah, the movement of the eyes. I don't know if it would really correlate to the same thing. as There's also like different things like, um, what is it called? NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, I think it is, where when you're asked a question based on where your eyes go, determine like what okay. kind of uh, learner you are and how they, then yeah. they can just use that, like, oh, you're really visual, then they, you know, it's or all like goes to also that whole Cold War era brainwashing spy stuff that didn't, wasn't just accidental. Come on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and that's where it goes back to ethics. Like we know so much about um, the brain and how we operate and how, where we look, where we when we access memories or when we're making up the truth because of these programs, you know. So well, it's so I I get you on that because I love I love history and I love science. And the only way that we've been able to progress with science is through, historically speaking, pretty horrible atrocities. Like the first autopsies that were done, and then mm -hmm. those people were tried as witches and murdered for it, yeah. and things like that. But I get where you're coming with that. But if we went about it a different way, like you volunteered not to know specifically what kind of thing you were going to have done, but you're volunteering, I think, is what the Unabomber did as a student was volunteering for it. Um, and just going about it a different way, not. I mean, some some claims that come out of the infrastructure of like a it's like serious abuse, serious torture. I mean, like this is some pretty traumatizing stuff. You know now, things. So I don't know if that's the. But there's even an argument for um, running scientific experiments, scientific, scientific, scientific experiments. Oh, yes. <laughs> 
yikes. There's even an argument for running scientific experiments without a person's knowledge or consent because that is one of the controls of the experiment. You know, that that's when you're talking about the placebo effect, stuff like that. I mean, it's how far you want to progress as a scientific community that really justifies the the. Um, I just said the word like four times. Placebo. No, no, no. Um, the what? Scientific. Uh, one more. <laughs> if you're on a good path or not, you know the ethics. The ethics. Yes. You know, it's it's really up to the scientists' ethics and how well, much you want to progress. And, and yeah. I too. So if if you are doing these experiments and they are doing this, and and you release it, what fifty something years later, then give full recognition to the people that you know whose lives were not only destroyed or who died from these kind of experiments. Give them full recognition. Like now, know this stuff because we tortured these people so horrifically you can't do that I, I have to tell you guys you can i just had this memory i gotta tell you guys so we're talking about uh brainwashing or eyes and just all of this stuff hypnosis um psychotic crazy people no but there was a back when i was like 17 18 um me and a friend of mine went to a mall down somewhere in denver colorado and there were like those people that come around with the clipboards or whatever, you know, trying to yes. talk you into doing something. Uh, and so we agreed. I don't know why. But uh, so we went back and they had these computers and we put these like weird glasses on or something. And there was just different pictures that were going in front of us. And basically we were just like little free lab rats that they were grabbing in the in the mall, you know. But it was all about watching where your eyes go and different things. So, and the computer was like taking all the, um, anyway, it was weird. That's fucking we got, weird. We might've got paid a few dollars for it or something. So we were like, cool. But it just hit me that those kinds of things, you don't even realize mm -hmm. what is being done with the test results after they, you know, test so many thousands of people and they've got a great, you know, um, Oh, whatever. Anyway, just just came to my mind, so I wanted to share it. And that's a good point because I mean, look at the technology that we have now. We could be testing millions and millions of subjects and be, and obtaining so much data on their phones. Social media on, on their, their phones. phones, exactly. Yeah. I mean, like, Social how many, media. How many people willingly share their data with these private companies that on we know are in front of your television? With? I mean, <laughs> it's all over. Here. It happens, you know, and. Yeah. There's no way that our governments are going to let that kind of information go to waste when it could be used for analytical data for whatever they're trying to figure well, out about us. And I, I was trying to think when that would have been. It would have been like 1980, 1981. Mm -hmm. So not like Charles Manson years, but not long. <laughs> I mean, Cold War. Yeah, definitely Cold War. Yeah. Yeah. And that our government have such a freak out over TikTok because it's a Chinese app. They have no ability to take anything from it, look at the research that they're getting, the analytics of anything, of all of us watching it. Mm -hmm. And it pushes, they're like, they can't know more information than we do because I am on, we're on social media, we all are. 
And I will tell you, hands down, that my TikTok algorithm is more on than any, any other social media that we have. That but how many times have you been talking about something and then boom, no, an ad, you know? No, it's really weird when you're just thinking it. <laughs> I know, when you're just thinking it and it knows and it guesses it. And you're like, what? where did you get that? All of a sudden, what the hell? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, pause you know, real quick. You watch a video more than a couple seconds, then all of a sudden it just, it's coming and coming and coming. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And crazy. I think it's a lot simpler than the, the conspiracies lead on to be, you know, like there's not somebody assigned to you, one specific one on one person watching all of your data and recommending stuff. Okay. But you know what? I there, like the thought that I'm always being. <laughs> that you got it. You got it. FBI agent, too far. Aside to you. Uh -huh. yeah. Too far. Kilo, that's weird. <laughs> there is a okay. lot of data Pause. being collected somewhere. I don't yeah. know where. But there's a lot of it being collected. And if they wanted to say, okay, everybody that talks about this, we're going to start collecting. Yeah. And we're going to put them here. <laughs> or, you know, that's, I mean, you can start talking about science fiction or even history, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, they could, they've got so much data on us that they can start doing something like that easily. Hey, howdy, hey, big brother finally left the chat. <laughs> right when we were just talking about CIA agents watching our phones. <laughs> Presumably on their way over to stop this whole podcast. So catch yeah. that, right? <laughs> That's, that's really it, is we're about to all get the door knocked down. Yeah. <laughs> is that how Jim was acting? What? Is that, no. is that how Papa was acting? Like Big Brother, because he was just like silent. <laughs> Jimmy Pop Pop. Oh, just listening, Big Brother. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Everything <laughs> is awesome. Can we not be so sensual with that, please? Yeah. <laughs> Why'd you say big brother like that? <laughs> big daddy. Pop. That'd be big daddy for you. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Dang it, Josh, you took mine. <laughs> not, for, not for me. What? It's daddy for the girls, but big daddy to you guys. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> what I am interested in talking about, back to the subject, is I really do want to get your guys' opinion on on what happened during COVID with people, like things just becoming, like unveiling themselves, you know? And um, the big save the children fiend that all of a sudden died out. So, yeah. Which we knew that was going to happen anytime where it's like, let's represent, all get together, let's end this insert right here. After you know, a couple weeks, it dies out. And I think it's service to the slaves that are stuck in right now. We have more slaves in the world now than ever before. Well, we have more people too. Look, oh that, but, that, but that's a, that's a good point though. I mean, that's something that you have to take into consideration is that there's almost 8 billion people on this planet. That's 6 billion more than there were at the height of slavery. So, I mean, if you're talking about per capita, we're about even. But, I mean, that's not to take away from the fact that, like, we're living in, I don't know, 
bad times now. But I just read in an, a Scholastic Upfront magazine earlier today, we have hit the eight billion mark. Yeah. According to Scholastic, anyway. I thought we had been at like eight point six. Oh, I don't God. think we we had no. I think it's been recent that we. Yeah, or was it six point eight? Maybe six point eight for a long time. But I mean, that's a huge achievement. And if you it, there's other statistics to look at, and I think this is just important to combat the the dooming gloom that you know the general public has and the the whole world has at this point in time is that like it's a bad time to be alive you know don't procreate because you're bringing kids into a bad society and a bad world it's like well the infant the infant mortality rate has gone down by like 80 percent. that's great that's awesome you know mm-hmm. yeah i mean there's a lot of bad things going on in the world that you look at oman and uh dubai and stuff like that it's like those countries were built by slaves with oil money and stuff like that but overall um, your point coming back to like COVID, I mean, we still have huge um, governments running these experiments. And that's that's the point that I'll, I'll, I'll comment on real quick and then I'll pass it on is that uh, I think the whole COVID thing was an experiment in itself. And, and it's not far from the MKUltra types of experiments about, okay, we're a government entity. How much can we get away with? You know, let's in, let's, um, I don't, it's hard to say. I don't want to sound like a crazy conspiracist. I don't want to say no, that. No, but I think that's a possibility, too. I don't know for yeah. sure. But yeah. it, it absolutely can be possible. At the very and... least, at the very least, I think we can all agree that if if the government didn't outright, you know, uh, expose the world to this dangerous path, uh, not pathogen, uh, virus, mm-hmm. and get everybody sick, I think they capitalized it on it at least. You know, they saw an opportunity to where they could go, okay, now everybody's afraid. We know what fear does to the brain. We know how irrational people get when they're afraid. Let's see how far we can get these people to go. You know, let's see how far we can make them turn on their own fellow countrymen. Let's see how far we can get them to isolate themselves, which make which makes them more irrational. Let's see oh, yeah. what they're willing to put into their bodies to protect themselves. Here's the yeah. thing about COVID. People, and I was telling this to Alex like an hour ago. Uh, <laughs> like nobody can beat the U.S. like at a war, like from the outside. So they finally figured out you have to destroy America from within. Yeah. And that's where COVID comes into play. And that's where everything that's happening right now is coming into play. It's attacking America from within. There's people bringing it back to conspiracy. There's Mm -hmm. people that work for America that are shaking hands with other people around the world Mm -hmm. under the table, making these kind of deals to destroy America from within. And that's a great introduction into Yuri Bezmenov, which I'll keep really, really short. He was an ex-KGB agent during the Cold War who defected to the U.S. And he has an interview on YouTube. I encourage every one of your viewers to go look him up. Yuri Bezmenov, uh, KGB 19, I want to say 80 something, 86. But if you type in Yuri Bezmenov, KGB, he will pop up and his interview will come up. And he talks about how the Soviet Union had developed a way to demoralize countries over a 20-year time span to eventually fall apart from the inside. Because then you don't have to spend money on 
um, engineering nuclear warheads to be con uh, transcontinental. You know, you don't have to worry about putting people in space. You can effectively make a country fall apart within without ever having to fire a bullet. And he goes yeah. through every single step of how to do that. And it's happening. It's been happening. And there was um, somebody who that. was, I can't remember her name, went viral on TikTok for talking about what, uh, what was his first name? Uh, Yuri? Yeah, Yuri's kind of like principles on how to destroy a country. And she's like, it happened in this country and had like video and like news clippings that didn't reach America, didn't reach, you know, the main power countries in the world, smaller countries in this video. This this country completely collapsed. This country completely collapsed. My country is now collapsing. Yeah. And it it's a real thing and it's terrifying. Yeah. And I do I do see like even, you know, governments could have the potential to say, hey, this um, virus is so out of control and it's spreading like wildfire to our citizens and citizens of the world. But also having like a piece in the pie to say a recession would be really good right now. Yeah. And how do you how do you even uh, justify that to the general? I know. Through I know. their media, you know. We learn, we learn so much from our adversaries and they've learned just as much from us, you know, like mm -hmm. all of these experiments that were conducted in the eighties and even before that, you don't think our, our adversaries are listening. You don't think that they've picked up a little piece of information that they've utilized against their fellow countrymen or against us. It's, it's. You have to. I mean, like any any uh, country worth its salt is watching their enemies so that they can learn from it. And I think we've even picked up in that. If you look at North Korea, you have three main dictators that we've seen since the beginning of um, communism in their country. And they have their own version of communism. I think it's Jitsu uh, or it's it's up yours translated into Korean. Yeah. Korean. They're an isolationist country, uh, isolationalist country. The first dictator was Kim Jong-sun, and then his son took over, Kim Jong-il. And Kim Jong-il took a special interest in media. He loved, he loved U.S. Um, films. Mm -hmm. He had a whole collection of them. He idolized them. He kidnapped uh, directors from China to come and direct propaganda films. But that's what we learned from him was the propaganda film. Look at where the country's at now. They don't think that their supreme leader shits. That's fucking yeah. crazy. You know, like you can. Kayla, just... Kayla's boys think that too. <laughs> I don't. <but laughs> I just What's don't. that child book? Everybody poops. <laughs> Not me that... and Kim Jong Il. All right. Yeah, or Kayla. <laughs> <laughs> but Kim Jong-il was took a special interest in propaganda, and that's how he has his entire population of his country believing that he is some kind of ominous, uh, omnipresent god. Super god, yeah. Yeah. But I think there's something to the isolationist. We were talking about this earlier also. There's a book called The Death of the West written by Pat Buchanan, and something that he talks about was during World War II, he thinks that the U.S. should not have gotten involved in the war. He thinks that fascism and communism should have just killed each other. But then Alex brought up a point of like, 
what would be left in Europe. Yeah, we wouldn't have our allies. The, the Cold War that created the border of East and West Germany would have just shifted to the, the Balt or the Caucasus countries, you know, all the Baltic countries of the Eastern Europe, you know. You would have had Ukraine be the East Germany and the, um, the countries west of that. I can't name them off the top of my head, but they well, would have yeah, been I the mean, West Germany. It might even become the whole Western European continent, you know, it's like, because if the U.S. hadn't joined, the Soviets might have just taken it all. They they were the ones that made it to Berlin first. They were ahead of the game. They could have just finished it off. Mm -hmm. Kept could you going. Imagine? Huh? Could you imagine? Um, yeah. yeah, because, well, and also think about it, at that time, China was nothing. China yeah. was had been Imperial. overrun by Japan and destroyed by mm -hmm. the Japanese pretty much. Uh, it was nothing like it is now. And that that is a perfect example of a country who watched and waited and learned yeah. from everybody around them because they took the best concepts of capitalism and implemented it in a way that only benefited their country. They implemented capitalism in portions of Hong Kong that were controlled by the UK up until, what, 2016? And said you guys can be capitalists but that money's coming to us you know what i mean so they, i mean a lot of people you have nowadays saying oh china's a great nation they don't have this and they don't have that and they're capitalists no they're not they're socialists disguising themselves as capitalism and taking the best features of our system and implementing it to benefit one central leadership you know and that's a good example of what countries do with each other with intelligence and brainwashing and mind control is that they're all watching each other and they're experimenting on their own population. Yeah. Going, okay, we could take that. We could take that and we could use it on here at the homeland. And it's happened. If you, if you pay attention close enough to history, you'll see it happen over and over and over again. But that makes me also think like being an isolationist, might not be such a bad thing. <laughs> like, not even just America, but just North America as a whole. Like, we don't need to go to the Middle East for oil. Like, we don't necessarily need to be trading with other countries. Like, we could be completely... We got a little too big for our britches in the 90s, you know, because after the, the Soviet Union fell and the Berlin fell, the Berlin Wall fell and Gorbachev knocked it down, we went, okay, who's left, you know? Who's really left that can compete with us? We are the only superpower in the world. We can do whatever we want. But then, taking it back to conspiracy, people like way the hell up there are making deals with people under the table. What like what like they have? They must have something to gain. Well, um, it it's all about outsourcing. Yeah. Right. If you don't have to use your own country's resources. You can use somebody else's. Right. For, for for practically nothing. Yeah, mm -hmm. but I just I just want to know like what do like these people like personally have to gain like from that you know money, power, power, status, <laughs> power. No matter what it is, yeah, money, yeah. power. We live like up where everything is just a game. Humans mm -hmm. for three hundred thousand years. And we've only, um, mom's going to be like, but we only creating our, um, our little civilization in the last, what, 7,000 years? 
And ever then, even throughout um, all these years, humans, like you said, Alex, they just keep doing the same shit over and over again. Yeah. And it's all a game, no matter what it is. And it's all about, it's a contest, big figure, whatever. And I like how you explained they're literally just taking, like every country is taking things from each other. Mm -hmm. How they can use it against the other one or flip it and make it better. And we're just like pawns in the game. <laughs> and uh, another good point that you can connect the MK Ultra thing to is kind of like uh, proxy wars. And we're engaged in a proxy war right now where we're um, arming another country to fight another country. You know what I mean? And we've been doing this since Korea. Korea in the 1950s was probably our first proxy war where we're not engaged outright with the enemy but we will supply another country to fight our enemy you know what i mean and those go back and forth back and forth through every decade since you know and um the the part that you can connect that to with the mk ultra is like okay well you have a group of people who have completely different ideologies completely different religions total different ways of thinking and the enemy of the enemy is my friend but I still have to convince this group of people to fight for me, that I'm the good guy, you know? So you have insurgencies like the Green Berets who specialize in, in surging, inserting themselves in foreign countries, making friendly with the locals, and then training them to fight your war for you. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? We learned all of that from the MK Ultra programs. We learned how to manipulate people into going, hey, I'm the good guy. If you do this for me, I'll supply you with the weapons. I'll supply you with whatever you need, you know, and it's been happening since. And that's the same thing with our population. When we have to convince our population that we got to get in a war, look what happened with the Ukraine war. We told everybody, look at this guy. Uh, what's his name? Kaczynski. Yeah. He's a, uh, he was um, down on his luck, uh, struggling comedian who, beat the odds and became president and he's pro-us and he's pro-westernized and he's pro uh capitalism and we need to back this guy up but why as time goes on you have a a big majority of the population of the west going wait we're sending our tax money to this guy who runs this country that is infamous for and <laughs> Infamous for embezzlements, you know, corruption in their government and all of these different things. We it held a with, with political figures from our country. Mm -hmm. Where's the talk about that? <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. The, it's, why are we why are we sending our tax money? But we're not getting any information. We're not getting any what are we doing here? And I'm not one to like go war, although war does, you know, spike uh, positive innovation, yeah. science, all of the there, things. You know, yeah. There's a whole economy for it, but I yeah. mean, that's why I mean, proxy wars. I think our our government in particular has discovered like proxy wars the way to go. We don't have to lose manpower. We have to spend a little bit more money, but I mean, it gets the job done, and we don't have to kill any of our citizens. We just got to find a way to convince our general public to back this, you know? Yeah, which is not hard to do. Not anymore. They have a handful of the same rotating celebrities and political figures that put 
flag up as their profile picture and say, I stand with insert name. And again, it's not that I'm saying I'm against supporting. And I'm not either. I, you know, like uh, the yeah. Russian regime is a bad thing. I don't want to see them spread. I want to see the Ukrainian people be liberated and rule over their own country and be a separate entity. But yeah. <laughs> at what cost to us? I don't care. <laughs> why, why should we care? Well, there's a certain aspect. I might of... be pro isolation. <laughs> Joshua <laughs> Allen. Kim Jong un, everybody. <laughs> I mean, I don't want everybody to like pray to somebody and like worship them and be yeah, yeah, but, like, but dude, the, dude, the hell cares? The philosophy of no. like uh, self resiliency and self uh, preservation. I mean, that's a good point. You know, if, if you don't have to depend on other people, you don't have to answer to other people either. Yeah. That's a good point. No, mm, but... We're not pro-government involvement at all. What we're all pro for is let's go be hunters and gatherers, but still have like indoor plumbing and go to the movie theaters. That's what I'm pro for. Maybe I'm just speaking for myself, but I don't want, I don't think that big government is the way to go on either end, but there, I mean, there's got to be some give take. You can't just isolate well, your but Caleb, anything we can watch any movie that we want in our own house. Like not, we have everything we need right here. But it's not always available. Certain like Netflix does not reach every single country. Oh yeah, every, every time because I'd be like, people hey, watch are, this movie. Okay, <laughs> okay y'all are making it a little more literal. I'm not speaking about movies per se. I'm speaking about literal? Like, anything that we <laughs> like. Just everything that we as a concept is right here. Yeah. So like, oh, why? Yeah. why why are we doing that? No, well, it would take okay, a while. If at the beginning of the Afghan war, it was like, let's spread the like West all over the world, you know? Mm -hmm. But at this point, okay, here's the perfect thing. Look at how this conversation has split all of us into different ideological points of view, okay? But mm. we're really not all different. At the smallest level, I'm a communist. I'm a communist with you and my family. If you guys wanted something, here, take it. It's yours. When you get up to acquaintances, I'm a socialist. I can give you a little something, but I'm not going to give you fucking everything, you know? And then you go up to strangers and it's like, mm, I'm a little bit more conservative. I'm a little bit more of a capitalist. What are you going to do for me if I do that for you? You go up to government, I'm conservative as hell, you know? I don't want you to have any kind of a power. And I think we all as a nation feel that way, you know? Like, but the way that our media in this country has separated us onto these very, very hard lines, it's, it's, it's an example of how the conversation turns just now. It's like we all went different ways on uh -huh. hard lines. Yeah, it's, all... uh, it's, it's, it is like the most um, interesting experiment. <laughs> and again, if you go 100 years from now, will they be talking about this human experiment that took place mm -hmm. um because it, it is it's like it's like doing something in a lab but on a larger scale yeah even oh, yeah. covid covid went far beyond the united states it was worldwide how and, the hell did that happen and look at the hard lines in the sand that it drew between families friends oh, it's crazy man just that entire year in one yeah. year and it's impressive if you look at it from a, a um a separated standpoint of just like 
look what we can do with this power of mind manipulation. If we tell the public the same thing over and over and over again, and they're just seeing that, half of them are going to go this way because they want the comfort of going, well, they know best. And the other half is going to go, I don't trust that, you know, yeah. and, they, and there's power in separating people. There's power in absolutely. making you not trust their, your neighbor. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yep. That's like, how you start gaining power. <laughs> yeah, even yeah. more so. Yeah. It's so interesting. Um, but again, it could just be, yeah, other people are trying to take power and they have power and lots more than we probably yeah. know, but it is just like an experiment. The other thing is, other than to talk about it and to see for it for what it is and learn more, just living day to day. And um, because what can I actually do myself? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'll do whatever I can. But what can I do myself? One thing I can do is teach my kids, right? Mm -hmm. My children, who I've obviously failed but my students at least. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? What's she saying, Roxy? At least my students I can teach. My my daughters, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I think you did pretty good, Alyssa. I do too. <laughs> That's why you're the favorite, Josh. You're such a kiss ass. Yeah, such a kiss ass. I love you, Josh. I have <laughs> I'm, Don't I'm listen to those mean girls. Believe she did a good job. Kiss ass. <laughs> well, that's not Kiss ass. Jealous, Jealous again. You too. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty. So, real quick, mm -hmm. <laughs> let's pivot into another, even more crazy level of MK Ultra that I just can't wait to see everybody's reactions to because it's it's freaking shocking. It was shocking to me. And Alex, you know a lot about this too. I hope. <laughs> okay. Operation, no, it's like the craziest thing. Operation Midnight Cl Climax. Oh yeah, that's a good one. This is just fucking gnarly. Yeah. This gets okay. into one of the most cardinal. Climax. <laughs> this Brittany? gets into one of the most cardinal, um, like <laughs> impulsive things of human nature. You know, it's like sex. And I don't uh, think I didn't notice you took your red lipstick off. Okay, don't think I did. <laughs> I did. I can't say climax with red lipstick. I see now. I see now. What is that? Is it had to do with sex? Yeah. Yeah. Midnight Climax was an operation conducted. Otra vez. Por la cinco de mayo. Salud. Buckle up for safety, everybody. Yeah. So Midnight, Operation Midnight Climax was an operation conducted by the CIA and all the other three name organizations um, of the U.S. government that involves um, prostitution and lsd you know like one of the most cardinal basic instincts of humans you know and they they know that when they start these programs it's like what's the easiest way to manipulate people and more importantly men because who's fighting most of the wars in the early years it's a lot of men out there 
And we know that we are getting a lot of spies and this is the beginning of the Cold War. This is probably 1953, 54, something like that. So the government goes, okay, like, how can we get these men that we know the Russians are sending over here in secret and we maybe suspect, but we can't just outright go, you're a spy. How we, can we get them to, um, to show themselves? How can we get yeah. them to, to, you know, out themselves basically? So that's what they did. They, they um, hired a, uh, and the details are muddy. It's been a while, but I don't know if it was ever said explicitly, but the theory is that they got a lot of prostitutes um, to get men. And, and, and this is, the, we're talking the early stage of this operation just to see if it worked, you know? So we're not working with Soviet Union KGB spies yet, but the early operations of this was prostitutes getting men, luring them back to a CIA um, controlled room where they have a bed and, you know, a basic layout of a bedroom, but a one-way mirror where a CIA operative can actually stand behind and take notes and uh, record information on how these people react to being dosed with copious amounts of LSD. And they had no idea. They and they had drugs. no idea. The thing is, you still believe that you still believe that we don't all have one FBI agent assigned to us to watch us through our camera. No. <laughs> I think there's better ways to do it. And, and I'll get into that because I think that's just too much manpower. We don't, they're in less than 2% of the world's po of the U.S.'s population is enlisted in the U.S. military. Even less than that are special operatives of the CIA and all the other three letter agencies. You know, <laughs> we just don't have the manpower, but we figured out better ways to do it, you know, and that involves things like uh, hashtags who likes um acronyms more than the military everything in the fucking military is an acronym you know yeah, it's so hard to keep track that's exactly what a hashtag is it's something that is shortened that you could keep track of over a large database of them you know what i mean i don't know that's that's there's something there you know <laughs> i'm picking up what you're putting down <laughs> well so literally they would lure and it was either a CIA operative room or a hotel room that the CIA converted into a right. fucking mm -hmm. yeah. spy room. Oh, uh, literally a fucking spy room. <laughs> <laughs> literally, literally. And they like that um, graphic novel I was discussing, Kenneth Moore's graphic or sorry, Stuart Kenneth Moore's graphic novel talks about how this journalist was there and witnessing this stuff where they're like recording. It's not even just like sexual acts and kinky sexual acts. It is literally these men spilling their fucking deepest, darkest secrets to these yeah. women. A lot of the times they wouldn't even have sex with these guys. They dose them. And you know, these at this is the beginning of the MK ultra experiments. They don't know what a high dose of LSD is, you know, they're, loading these dudes up to the point of like mental break mm -hmm. and just seeing what happens and yeah you gotta give them it's brilliant you know like you you want to see where the mind goes when broken when you lose the whole identity of self what do you turn into yikes yeah know. and self <laughs> and you kind of like have to wonder because they're it's very like 
they don't have a set number of how many people died in this project. And I'm like, how many of those documents were destroyed mm -hmm. during Watergate, that whole scandal? How many of these documents were destroyed where cover-ups occurred? I think, I think it's safe to say that they kept only the necessities to the experiment. They, they kept only the information that they would say, okay, if we lost everything, this is the information that you need to know about this subject. Everything else, just throw away, you know? We'll never know how many people they experimented on without their knowledge. But, I mean, look where we're at in the world now. We know a lot about the human psyche and how to break it. It's yeah. evident. And we learned it there. We learned it with Project Midnight. We learned it because of Operation Paperclip. We learned it with the MK Ultra project. It, what do you do with that, you know? You use it. You don't let it go to waste. There's another one. Uh, they made a movie about it. I don't remember the exact name of the operation, but it was that movie with uh, George Clooney and the the Scottish dude who was uh, Obi Wan. Yeah. Uh, the men who the men who quotes. Yeah. Oh yeah. That was early early '60s, and that had to do with uh, I want to say it was like Operation. I almost want to say Operation Jedi Knight, but that would have to be later. <laughs> I, it's 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 real, you know. They they got these guys to uh, who were pseudo scientists and you know believed in no offense uh, crystals and you know. <laughs> so, yeah, so they were but, they were legit. They well, were on point. Think, about, <laughs> think about the the perspective of the military at this time. Like these are nutcases to them. They're coming from a time where people are very, very, very conservative Christian, Judeo Christians. You know, like all of this stuff was way out there to them. But the military took a chance and said, "Let's bring these guys on. Maybe they know something we don't." And they, mm -hmm. they it, went, it ranged all the way from telekinesis to uh, mind control, obviously, but. I mean, there's something they always learn in these projects. No. Interesting. What did you learn about the crystal people? That they were right? Um <laughs> <laughs> watch the movie. I didn't I didn't uh I never got to see the movie, but I've read a little bit of like their thing about it. They learned pain techniques. I know that was something that they learned from them how to control and manage pain in the field. And it had a lot to do with like numbers and meditation. Did you learn the pressure point, Kayla, where like you like right here on that part of the ear? Yeah. What um, happens? It's just one of the pressure points. I didn't even realize. What? <laughs> Joshua! <laughs> if you pierce it, your headaches go away. No, but if you the, dig your fucking the, thumb into there, that's put the, their hands behind their back. It's a certain no. spot. <laughs> I had that part of my ear pierced where it would, it's the pressure point for migraines and headaches. Yeah, and my mom did that too, I believe. It never, it was the date. It never fucking healed. And I was so impatient, I took it out. You want to, I just want to hear something interesting about, um, about medicine like that so when i i was like training to jump over like six foot walls right this is part of 
ninja warrior secret training. No. So jumping over the six foot wall and it's a solid wall and I get on top of it because I'm average height for a woman and I finally get what? Wait. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Is Kayla dreaming again? (laughs) (laughs) Average height for a woman. So I down I land like Superman so I land literally like my fist on the ground on one knee and I'm just like boom on the ground who is there to see this though and I'm I'm like shit like my knee is fucked like I just straight onto the ground but that was just that was early on in my workout and I had to continue doing my entire workout the rest of the the morning or whatever you know and then afterwards I pull up my sweatpants and I'm like shit like my knee is swollen like I I fucked up my knee so I end up going to this um physical therapist office that afternoon and they start doing all these massages they start doing like the the cold like leg sleeve thing that like massages you like cold and then they start doing the heat and then they were doing um crap mom I can't think of what it's called acupuncture Yes, thank you. Acupuncture. And I'm like looking at my knee and it's like two times as swollen as my other one. My knee is like, my kneecap is like, like shifted. I'm like, I fucked up my knee. I don't know if I'm going to be able to walk or run or anything. And like, it hurts so bad. And like doing, I'm covered in needles all over my knee. Bye guys. (laughs) Yikes, my bad. And um, so I go and do acupuncture for maybe like four or five weeks. And towards the last weeks, she started leaving in needles like these. They're extra small needles with like a skin colored bandaid on it. And so put it in to those pressure points mm-hmm. and kind of walk around for a couple days with it in your knee and it, it, in my knee, which was like really freaky and. But I have no knee problems now. I can squat. I don't have any knee. I can run long distance. I don't have any knee pain. And like, I thought for sure I'm never going to be able to run or jump or do anything. And my knee's completely healed. Now I know like I'm a healthy person. I'm, I was young when this happened younger, but, um, but I thought that that was interesting because I was like, who needs acupuncture before I got that done? I was like, the hell is it for but really when you're starting to look into the type of um things that it can heal just from pressure points freaking insane yeah i would even argue that that is the power of the mind boy shut the fuck up it's <laughs> literally <laughs> our nerve endings you, you know freakazoid broken i i argue that it's uh the placebo effect and the placebo effect works even if you know it's a placebo a no, what? Not always. That's the whole. <laughs> I got that too. <laughs> placebo. 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 But it <laughs> that's why it stays a place, the secret. They've done experiments with placebo effect patients where, when they're doing it, they're like the person doing their experiment. Just so you know, like I saw the thing. You're a placebo person to see if that changes their reaction 
and it doesn't the placebo Not to mention acupuncture is like thousands of years old yeah and it <laughs> it's just a no i just want to say i've done a lot of acupuncture sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't yeah. it depends on how good the person is at finding where it's to go it is definitely about the nerves and yeah. uh but it doesn't always work and it's not long, you know, it doesn't work forever. So and everybody's different. Everybody's, and everybody's different. That's right, Joshua. Oh my God. <laughs> I finally can contribute. <laughs> and everybody's oh different. Even me. <laughs> I'm the most different. <laughs> I may not be a smart man, but I know what love is. Don't you love this episode, Alyssa? I love hanging out with you guys. You're very fun. I'm worried isn't, about isn't Alex like super freaking smart? <laughs> he is seriously. I would love to work with him. <laughs> yeah. History yeah, teacher. teacher, and <laughs> the way that you explain it and uh, you make it sound interesting and that's engaging. You know, that's cool. I'm a big old dumb dumb. You guys just caught me on the right subject. <laughs> cool. You know what? It's all about the right subject, man. It's all about the right one. Okay, I'm going to. I'm. I'm actually in the middle of cleaning the shower, so I'm muted. <laughs> but I'm like, I'm gonna get some cleaning done since I'm up. There. <laughs> so a topic that we kind of brought up here and there throughout this conversation um, was Hollywood, and I mean, obviously. MK Ultra is featured in a lot of different Hollywood films and TV shows and things like that. Like we talked about Stranger Things um, as being kind of like the most like quote like relevant for this time because it's such a popular show right now. Um, but let's kind of like dive into that a little bit. I think a good place to start is an understanding of how classified information works. So a good way to think about this is how copyrights work. Okay, so like when you have something that's copywritten, it stays copywritten for a certain amount of years before it goes into the public domain, right? Mm -hmm. So um, there's ways around it and there's ways that companies like Disney keep Mickey Mouse copywritten for, you know, millennia. But eventually everything goes into the public domain and that's exactly how um, top secret information works, you know? So it's written into our legislation the same way that copyright rules work. You know, uh, secret information works the exact same way. After a certain amount of years, things have to be disclassified. And um, that's been enforced by uh, acts like the uh, Freedom of Information Act. And that applies for so many things, but people don't realize that it applies for classified information as well. And... Um, you know, that's a treasure trove for Hollywood. You know, it's like when when writers are struggling for a new story, I mean, that's a good place to look. You know, what just got declassified this year? What can I write about? What can, inspiration can I find in the history of our nation that is compelling and controversial and, you know, divisive? And that's where you find a lot of shows and movies writing about things that actually happen. And here's another little conspiracy on top of that is that it might just be a way to desensitize us from the truth yeah you know what I mean? after after 20 years goes by or 50 years goes by 
what's to stop Hollywood from making a movie going, yeah, the CIA did assassinate JFK. Yeah. You know? And then the people watch it and they go, wow, based off a true story. I mean, we all know what that means. They took a little bit of the truth and they embellished on it a little bit. But it happens. And that, I think that is a huge way Hollywood capitalizes or, or the government capitalizes on Hollywood in desensitizing the general public from real things. Oh, yeah. A perfect example. Literally. <laughs> Jump right in aliens. And a perfect oh, example in that, Kayla, Bob Lazar. Yeah. When that whole thing came yeah. out. Yeah. And we've seen that before. You know, we've seen that in an earlier stage in the 50s when the Roswell crash happened. I mentioned this earlier on in the yeah. podcast where um, the government had looked at the tabloids and said, well, the tabloids are writing that it was a UFO crash. What's really going on is we're building the U-2 spy plane, but we can't say that. Let them run with the UFO story. What's the worst that can happen? We can discount anybody that, that believes in it as nut job conspiracy theorists, and we get to cover our asses. We never have to talk about our actual, the actual stuff that's going on, you know? And Bob Lazar blew the lid off that stuff. He actually worked at S4 at Area 51. And he's been harassed and berated in the media ever since, you know? He's had his record scrubbed from the universities that he's attended. And now he's just, you know, <laughs> a nobody because of the things that the government... He's a doing. crazy person. Exactly. Yeah. Even, like, when um, we were discussing Charles Manson... And I'm, and I'm sitting here, like, kind of, like, having, like, a, um, like, uh, oh, I'm God, what's the word? <laughs> like, in my brain, but going, like, yeah, but no, but yeah, but no. Like, and even, like, sitting there, huh? Like, internal conflict. Mm -hmm. Yes, but um, it's, like, when you speak your, your um, internal thoughts or whatever. I can't think of the fucking phrase. Anyway, um of going like, no, our government's not like that. It's so ingrained in my brain to be like, no, our government would be doing that. But it's like, fucking wake the fuck up, bitch. Mm -hmm. Like, like we've said, you know, several times through this episode, we are in front of our phones. We are in front of a movie, like a TV screen. We are Const constantly being primed, constantly being, you know, programmed giving up our own personal opinions in a forum chat right now and, yeah. and on multiple social media markets and information you know yeah. you're giving up your personal information every time you log on to one of these social media outlets that log that stuff and put it into a huge catalog for them to get some kind of consensus about what the general public believes in you know you're yeah. part of the statistic that makes up these briefings that happen every day with these three-letter organizations and yeah. the, the the thing is is like here's a, a a home experiment that your viewers can do with themselves is like if you don't think our government would do it how would you convince a north korean that their government isn't what they think it is you know how would you do that? Because they believe in those things. They believe that the Supreme Leader is 
an ominous, you know, or omnipresent supreme being. They call him the supreme leader. You know, it's like they're multi generations into the brainwashing of that totalitarianism. You know, so are we. It's, huh? So are we. Oh, so are we. Look at that. Okay. <laughs> I mean, like, how many? How many? If we want to talk about the government being behind like media and being behind Hollywood and like things like that and having like a piece of that pie. How obsessed like the last, I want to say like 20, 30 years have people been, oh gosh, even longer than that, but mainly this time frame with Hollywood. How many fucking um, tabloids about these people? How many um, reality shows about these people? like e-news tmz and it's like blasting 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 about oh your favorite celebrity is doing this oh your least favorite celebrity is doing that this is what this person said this is what this person wore and they're like influencing this entire population of people throughout our entire world because it's not just in america that they get blasted on this fucking pedestal and that, but it's that, like yeah that that's a good point into um that okay we look at the North Koreans and their propaganda is so obvious. You know, if we were to watch North Korean film, it doesn't work on us because we have certain types of common sense. But when you think about how our propaganda would work or how our programming and priming would work on a public, you think about, well, take it to the basics. What do you need to demoralize a country? We need to shorten their attention spans. How do you do that? You make a, you make a program like TikTok where it's instant gratification constantly, you know? You make these um, these uh, apps, these applications on your phone to literally trigger all the same wirings that your brain goes through when you're gambling, you know? Flashing lights, red notifications, high number notifications, um, you, you know, all these things that just make our brains light up with dopamine that encourages instant gratification. What yeah, I think that's that's how you do it. What if tick like what if they already knew like what TikTok would be, but they figured we wouldn't have accepted it back like in the MySpace days. Well, what I what I find interesting, and I want to hear your guys' opinion, is TikTok when it first came out. I'm talking like 2017, 2018, 2019, and it was just a bunch of weird theater kids, and I can say that. We were weird theater kids, like with crazy dress up makeup and weird little dances. And I don't know if you guys remember, like the very first advertisements for TikTok on Facebook were like, it, it was like obnoxious. I, yeah, yeah, literally. Like, what the hell is this thing? And then even still today, it's like, if you, you're one of those people like Alex, I don't have a TikTok. I'm never going to have a TikTok. <laughs> That's like, that's like your, uh, what did you call him, Alex? What's what? that? What did you call Big Daddy? Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, big Brother. Big, there yeah. you go. But, <laughs> but I, as in, in COVID lockdown, when everyone started really getting the TikTok in, like, the average person was becoming more famous than our reality TV, our celebrity that I think mm -hmm. are contracted by our government 
to influence us to do certain things. But then the regular people were becoming more famous than them, if not just as famous, more famous. And then you saw a flooding, an influx of celebrities running to TikTok, starting to make these videos. And I don't remember who it was, but there was a celebrity. I remember watching one of their TikToks, like scrolling through and they were like, or it was an interview about it. And they were like, my agent was pissed that I hadn't made a TikTok yet. And they were like, if you want to be relevant, get your ass on TikTok. And they're all laughing like, oh, oh, oh yeah. But what I got, if you want to stay relevant and you want to have control and you still want to have the power you had five years ago, get on TikTok because yeah. celebrities are no longer celebrities anymore, you know? Right. And now it's, oh, get on TikTok. Oh, get on a podcast. Because podcasts fucking post that shit. And you'll see fucking um, actors and actresses from like five years ago. Oh, they're on a podcast and they're telling all the, these deep, dark secrets. Like, how thick can't do you think we are that you're just like extending this? Because like you said, average people now are gaining a following because the world is a big fucking place. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of great people out there that are gaining notoriety. Also, they were getting all pissy because, I mean, they've been soliciting their bodies, their minds, their souls to become rich and famous in Hollywood. And these average Joes that live in fucking Ohio and Minnesota are becoming rich and famous and going to the same parties that they're being invited to. But they didn't have to do all the disgusting, despicable things that actors and actresses, we all know they we all know they're still doing it to this day. I mean, I pr- hope and pray that my children never actually want to go into acting or modeling or anything like that because I'm not gonna. I don't want them to be subjected to that. It doesn't. Uh, just be careful because I saw that video of Josh. You know, I know. Quite the drama that. boy, yeah, and singer. So that's like what show tunes. No, I was thinking more like Savannah Bananas, but um, <laughs> no. Remember, that's injured only. No. But another thing when it comes to TikTok and the government and why they really don't like it is that, um, for instance, this was like a really crazy thing that blew my mind because you're scrolling through TikTok and you're seeing all of this crazy stuff like riots happening in France riots happening in random, like all over Europe, um, riots happening in like North Africa. Like on it's, a TikTok live, not even like yeah. a video. It's like on a live. And it's all of these things happening that America media, American media did not say a goddamn word about it. Literally. And what's wild is that it spreads like fucking wildfire on TikTok. So then there's people on TikTok going like, is this what your feed looks like? Go to Instagram and search this exact same thing and see what pops up. And when you fucking search on Instagram, it's tourist pictures, influencer pictures. It's the fucking like pretty um, shop window of the fucking country. So what you're saying is the people that are running TikTok don't have the same agenda as the people running Instagram. Yeah. Same agenda. They don't have the same rules that they're sticking by from built in to whoever. And that's why TikTok and the creators of it are such a threat. Not only is their algorithm, I'm telling you, and that might be why 
they don't have as many stipulations, but their algorithm is so on point that it's it's scary. Oh but, yeah, it's like I'm honestly, my algorithm, my thing for Instagram and TikTok is pretty close. I couldn't. Mine is completely off. I have no idea. <laughs> well, okay, but I don't use on, on Instagram really, and kinda. TikTok, both of them. If I spend a little time on something on Instagram, it they give me a billion of it. If I spend a little bit of time on you, something on TikTok, they give me a billion of it. You gotta Wait, get the context. Let me, you, let me give you a great example. I don't go on tick on Instagram Reels like hardly ever because I do TikTok. Instagram I do for pictures and for like marketing for the podcast and for connecting with like friends that I have on there. I don't do the Instagram reels. I look at like artwork on Instagram. TikTok, I like watch the videos and things like that. But I'll be like walking with my girlfriends, for instance, <laughs> and one of them loves Pedro <laughs> Pascal. And she'll just say, have you seen that Pedro Pascal video? This was months ago of him like and i'm like why the fuck is he all over my feed it's like jesus and she goes yeah because he's daddy and i'm not kidding you every single day for like two weeks straight it was a pedro pascal daddy 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 and i'm like you also have the weird algorithm where you have sexy mothman no no yeah. that's from josh, josh <laughs> The bona fide Mothman on your TikTok and me and Josh. La, 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 la. That's from that's from a <laughs> podcast, another podcast I listen to. That's and that's why we drink. They do a whole thing about Mothman. Let me interject um, on this point because I think it's important. Because here's the thing about this: is like this is where the government thrives in being able to just be like, oh, they're conspiracy theorists. Is because you have to, you still. Knowing all of this, you still have to be able to think critical. And here, here, I'll give you a mathematical equation that's great for this kind of critical thinking. And is it coincidence or is it conspiracy? Okay. Um, we talked about this earlier when we were at the kids' game, when we were all applauding. Everybody's out of sync with their applause. And then all of a sudden, they go into uh, oscillation. It was you, uh, us three. Okay, but still, yeah, but the point is that it happens on grand, grand levels, you know, there's videos, if people look up on YouTube, um, clapping and oscillation, there's videos of huge, huge uh, theaters where people are all clapping out of sync, and if they clap long enough, they fall into ice, into oscillation. Another good thing, I don't know if this is, it's interesting though. Okay, this is a good one, okay. Do women's periods sync up? yeah why because that's how our bodies are is it hormones they're too long supposedly that's when they sync up it's a mathematical anomaly called oscillation which so, could be applied to music also bro yeah that's exactly what it is so what happens is is that a woman don't mansplain periods <laughs> okay whoops <laughs> but this is interesting because people don't like i mean this is such an oddity of you know information that it really helps when you think critically about like coincidences because there is a such thing as um as really fucking crazy coincidences this is, and that's why the period thing is one of them because there's a big portion of of people not just women that believe that 
there's some kind of hormonal or salmon swimming upstream to die shit that we don't understand that sinks women up to their periods, but it's really a mathematical anomaly called oscillation. And if I was playing at a six eight beat and he was playing at a four eight beat, eventually play to one hundred, you'll find a pattern where we sync up on every other measure or something like that. I but think I think you know, periods are actually more or less um, instinctual. Our bodies can recognize a female body in hormones. But that doesn't make sense uh, if, if the if the periods are on the cycle of the moon. So which one is it? Is it? Uh... No, no <laughs> one person. In there. Can I say something else? Yes. Uh -huh. No girls that I know ever have their period through basic training. It's like it just shuts off. So what's yeah. up with that? Stress. That's stress. Yeah. That's just that, yeah, that I would. Yeah, but there's lots of stress form. in life and that doesn't happen. And like the thing, the lie about. The lie about women having periods on the full moon, for instance, it's a fucking lie. Yeah, I we never. all have our period on a lunar cycle because let's see, the moon is always fucking out. 30 days a month, 31 days a month, the moon is always fucking out. It's regardless if it's. It's a 28-day cycle, right? So that's Alex, the shut the fuck up. Some people are on a 21-day. I thought it was 28. Okay, it depends. Everybody's different. That's the point. That's the point. Okay, so the moon is a 28-day cycle. I just had surgery. My period went from 27 days for five years straight. 27 days to 24. So okay. literally... And people go, uh -oh, what, what? There are so many other, and that's still normal, nor, normal range, mom. 21 is when you need to get checked out by a doctor. So many women have different, like irregular cycles, regular cycles, and it can fall between, according to um, my OB, 21 to 30 days. Mm -hmm. So it's not fucking 28, bitch. <laughs> No, but get a period and then talk about it, okay? <laughs> off on the a only weird point that I was trying here. to make is that there's a, there's this thing that happens with oscillation where things fall into sync with each other. It happens with planets. It happens with periods. It happens with music. It happens with beats. And I think that the same thing happens in human it interaction. <laughs> it's just it just like it all comes down to infinity. Yeah, because. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> infinity. That's that's the answer to every fucking thing. Infinity. Because things somewhere in fall infinity in or out of cycle. Somewhere in infinity, we're doing a podcast, but I'm wearing a fucking naval station Spain hat and Alex is wearing a fucking Rolling Stones t-shirt. Exactly. And my name is Kayla and his name is Brittany. <laughs> and y'all aren't sisters. Y'all are best friends. We're falling into string theory somehow. <laughs> <laughs> but I I mean, I agree because what he's trying to say is that on a long enough time scale, things will fall in and out of sync with each other. Or it, but in a pattern, like you will see a pattern no matter what. Exactly. So that's the whole thing with trending, right? Is that these big corporations found a way to recognize those patterns. <laughs> <laughs> and call it something that we can all measure. Exactly. Measure? Like, like what? Insert anything. I okay, mean, that, well, we were just trend. talking about TikTok and their al algorithm and how for some reason it lit the app listens to us because we know our phones listen to us and cookies exist. So mm -hmm. that's why you get ads for things that you Google. 
it's like all of this stuff. You buy something on Amazon and then you see 500 things about it. You talk about it. You see 500 things about it. And, and I'm not arguing the latter, but this is a great segue into how do you combat these things, right? So how do you combat um, mind control? You know, if our government has been doing this for 60 plus years, what are some tools that your viewers can implement into their daily lives or even just some critical thinking skills to help them not go insane in this crazy conspiracy of a world that we live in, you know? Because if somebody listens to this and they you know, have a, a um, oh, what's it called? A predisposition for schizophrenia. That's bad news, you know, because then now they think everybody's listening to them. They think right. that the birds are CIA agents and shit. I mean, they already thought that before. <laughs> the potential is there. <laughs> Kayla thinks birds, yeah. Okay, potential is Birds <laughs> aren't real. I don't think that they are. It's just, there's a lot of, you know, synchronous ethnicities or whatever there's a lot of patterns, patterns because we're dealing with infinity. yeah yeah and i also just like outside approach, yeah. i just don't fucks with birds like i just <laughs> so i'm like yeah you know what they are government spies how about that but i think um what's ducky was a great bird <laughs> you're right yeah you're right. Right. <laughs> What's important, very first thing that I would recommend to my viewers when it comes to how to combat it and what's real and what's not and mind control is becoming full, fully self-aware through <laughs> meditation. Now, Alex, I know that meditation is not really your vibe at all times, but I feel like if you can recognize what are your actual thoughts, Mm -hmm. When you're conscious, when you're unconscious, subconscious, and in that meditative state, you have so much more control over what you're going to allow to break that barrier than you even yeah. know, you know? Absolutely. That's, that. yeah, that's beautifully said because, I mean, and those, for those who aren't into meditation, it's just a different, it's discovering the self, you know? Yeah. Who are you? What are your political opinions? What do you believe in? What are your vices? What are the things, what are the pitfalls that you fall into that let you go on a tangent to have Ooh, I got a word for thinking throughout the day? And even if there is like, say what? that again, Tom? Mindfulness. Oh yeah. 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 Even if like, it's cause to me, it's like, oh gosh, like doing a lot of self work, work, work can be very overwhelming. It could even be just setting down your phone, turning off the TV and going outside. Mm -hmm. and taking well, a breath and literally being in that fucking moment and saying my feet are on this ground i am breathing this air like being mindful and like self-aware in that present moment like you don't have to get all the answers to like who you are all the answers through meditation you can just take a minute and breathe as simple as when we were, um, so Britt and I have talked a lot about how we've done paranormal investigating for over 15 years. And Christ. huh? I know. Cheese and rice. <laughs> but, uh. So we've done paranormal investigating and something that I was, that I noticed a couple years ago when we were leaving an investigation was my thoughts were um were like paranoid like i was like 
I gotta go back. I gotta, I, I gotta switch all of this stuff. I gotta cancel all of this. Like this is not where it's at. I am not going to try to cleanse my space. I'm not trying to get these ghosts out of here. But it wasn't. I wasn't speaking in the first person, and I recognize that. And and I know this is pushing uh, pushing the line a little bit. It's a little freaky. I mean, if you're here, you're you're. If you're here, your family. You know. <laughs> you know. This is what we do on this show. So in my head, I'm like driving away from the apartment. I hear you have to go cancel, like get out of your apartment. You are not about to plan. Like there is nothing there. You're crazy. Get them out of there, you know? And I'm driving and I'm like, I don't ever refer to myself as you. Like I refer to myself as I, and when it's my thoughts and not everyone has the inner monologue, but I do. And when I'm speaking, when it's my inner monologue, I've been able to recognize that I call myself I, like, I'm like, yeah, I am a fucking idiot for that. And I noticed you and I was like, that does not feel like a thought that originated from me. And so spiritually thinking, I was like, that's not me. That's literally the spirit that was tormenting me at that moment and wanted me to get the people that were cleansing my out of my apartment, really. Yeah. And that instance, and I was like, that third person talk in your own head, that's something that you're mindful and you know yourself, then you can kind of combat that. I know that's a little pushing the envelope, but that's a... Yeah. No, that is, that is such a good super point. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Because we, like, there's time and time again, we've gone to certain, just going, like, no, Chan going down the ghost hunting route where we would go to certain locations and we would have this strange pull that was like, you need to go back there. You need to go back there. You need to bring more people with you when you go back. And it's the you, you, you. And it's like, for me, I say like, I, or I say um, me or we sometimes, but it's never. we. (laughs) We is like, like I say, like, Oh, we need to do that. Like if I'm talking with me and Josh, we need to do that. Even if I'm like, you need to do that, you know, or we need to do that. It's like, oh, we need to go to the store. I'm going. You to need to go to the store. <laughs> <laughs> like Brittany's third person monologue sounds a lot like my inner monologue. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like it's the same kind of thing like you, you, you and it's yeah, that's so true. Mm-hmm. So one of the things I just want to throw out there before you get on something else um as far as like cuz if you rewind a bit what can we do about it? What can we do about it? Can you um some people could use meditation or be mindful um take a tech break, you know, but really what, mm-hmm. what kind, kind of things can you do? Get out to nature. Yeah. Unplug. Yeah, Unplug. absolutely. I think that's, and that's something, I think it's a great idea, but I myself am guilty of not doing it. Even if I'm, if I'm not have the TV or my phone, I'll still have music on, but, uh, but yeah, I think I, okay, I'm going to put my phone away and I'm not going to touch it. Emergency, whatever, but, Otherwise, I'm not touching it for six hours or eight hours. I don't think I could go a whole day. Yeah. That would take some real, real discipline. I think one of the important things your viewers should 
should know too is that like it's not your fault when it, it it is hard to unplug and to you know disassociate from all of the social media programming that we've succumbed to as a society you know but it's not your fault because they were built specifically to exploit the natural programs that our brains are built to make us survive you know and um so, i mean that's that's something that we all struggle with and it just takes resiliency and practice and you know mindfulness like you said it it, it takes a lot of um discipline more than anything it's just to be like you know what i need to take a step away from this and and the longer you go the easier it becomes you know and yeah but it, it is oh sorry Brittany. go ahead even if you're struggling with like i like um for me for instance i'll write it down if i'm like like this is really bothering me i'll like look uh either research it to death or i'll write it down and be like what do i think and it kind of just like think on it and let my own fucking thoughts think on it and not let other as far as like <laughs> i might ask my <laughs> circle of peers their opinions but i'm not gonna search through social media or um certain things like that i guess i would say but like a journal writing in the notes on your phone or just like keeping a tally in your head like no this didn't feel right or this didn't feel right i don't you know like how this sits with me kind of thing right and that here's what i'm gonna say to all this in ways to combat or cope or whatever the the way like this country was founded on Christianity and wait a minute I'm not talking about like you know your standard like what it is now but like the at its core what I'm talking about is people on like men on earth right now don't have or shouldn't have the authority to tell you what to do like what to think so know that it's you everybody should be asking why everybody should be yeah. doubting everybody should be dubious right because that's how you find your inner self and you get that uh help me out you fucking say it all the time inspiration no like you get that kind of like center clarity like, where you're like sure of yourself and you know who you are because of so many of saying like well that doesn't make sense to me like why are you saying that mm -hmm. you know doubting uh fucking hollywood you yeah. know like the the them making movies that are built to make you feel a certain way like yeah and for the fellow christians out there an interesting thing is like israel is the um hebrew word to which means to wrestle with god you know, that's a pretty important word in the Bible. It's mentioned. And I think that in its core encapsulates the human spirit to wrestle with your beliefs, no matter what belief you are. Right. You should wrestle with them. You should ask questions. You should struggle with your faith and your opinions and your views. Question everything. Question the conspiracies, you know. And not be afraid of your friend who has a different opinion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, know? because that's where we've gone wrong, I think, in this country is that They've separated us on such hard lines that we don't trust our fellow man, our neighbors, our brothers, our 
whatever ourselves yes exactly well it's not even just you don't trust but you i mean for me it's everyone it seems like everyone is so easily offended so i feel stifled because i don't want to offend anybody Mm -hmm. um i mean people can call me names all that they want but you know it's not my purpose to go and offend somebody and everybody's getting offended about everything it's like get over it people can we all just stop this craziness but a lot of it too and maybe even like technology or social media um you know it's great to distract us so maybe the government does appreciate tiktok you know it's look at how many people it's distracting from other stuff because how many people are just watching videos or reels or whatever it's all about you know yeah and sometimes it's nice to just kind of on the flip side, the more like mom's do, saying, the more positive side of it, if I'm like struggling, like mental health wise, sometimes it's nice to go through my messages and see I have 30 TikToks that my sister sent me that are hilarious and that make me LOL. And it's like an uplifting thing. And the funny thing about like the attention span, um, I do like pick and choose my TikToks. If it's too long and it's like not my vibe, like they're speaking too slow. I'm so particular that I'm like, fuck it. I'm like over it. What's yeah. the next thing? Like, let me find something else. But then I'll go <laughs> and read a six book book series in a week and a half because I just can't <laughs> put it down. <laughs> so it's like, it hasn't necessarily been a negative factor as far as the attention span goes. But I can see it like in our kids. Oh yeah. With YouTube, for instance, we Kayla, I, me, Josh have all kind of put a, our foot down and banned YouTube because we've seen a huge um, 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 um behavioral changes. Right. I got- I, yeah, I could talk about that for another fucking three hours. <laughs> yeah, they yeah they've done experiments with children that have showed that their outbursts and like um, tantrums are directly related to watching shows that flip between um, scenes in less than three seconds. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like a bunch of the, what's that annoying Netflix? um, Booba? Sing along song. Oh, baby bum. Is that what it is? Coco Melon. Coco Melon. Mm. They have. I can name them all. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That whole series of obnoxious songs with very, like, bright, in your face colors, catchy, stupid little obnoxious songs. And they've heard that they're, that the camera angle changes every one and a half to two seconds. Kid, and it keeps them hypnotized almost. Right. And, and to bring it full circle is like we know that our governments and every government around the world are learning from each other through these mind experiments. You can do the same thing, you know. You can learn from all of these things that our government is implementing on us and utilize it against them in a certain way of like, okay, like you the point you made, Brittany, is like there are positive aspects to the connections that we've made through this technology boom over the last 10 years, you know? It's brought us closer 
and it's pulled us apart in some ways. But you you have to find the moderation between the two and utilize it for your life and how it fits you best. I yeah. think. Holy shit! Think about that movie that you made us watch like ten uh, years ago, uh, Clockwork Orange, when he was being hypnotized. Oh. The shows for kids now are style. <laughs> Why you gotta bring up that creepy movie? That <laughs> made you watch it. I heard you say that. <laughs> the like way that he was being hypnotized with all these like quick scenes, or, yeah. like quick pictures. That's the way that TikTok and all of those social programs. Exactly. Social media. Oh, right. you're right. Or Lost. Remember yeah. when they in that room and it's and the noises. Yeah. Right. Psychological warfare. Warfare. <laughs> well, that thing I told you about being in the mall, it was all kinds of like images coming at you and you're, it was testing or, or collecting the data where your eyes were looking as different things were popping up. Quick, 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 quick. I think you were part of MK Ultra Mom. <laughs> Just saying. They paid you $2 to be trolled. It was probably like two bucks too. Okay, let's do it. We can get some French fries. Anyway, I, I like that idea of uh, of just like, yeah, tuning out. Moderation, mm -hmm. I think, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Mod yeah, moderation, discipline, resilience. That's all I can it's, say. It's something that, and I, I hate to go back to Christianity, but I think, I think that we're getting to a point of like where we know too much. And really? Like a yes. We can't discern I mean, truth from look. That. Let me kind of like expand on that just for a second. Know okay. too much as far as like understanding the human psyche, and um, help me out, Alex, please. Like understanding like how the mind works and like quick pleasures, mm -hmm. things like that. Instant gratification. Instant, thank you. Instant gratification, like we're reaching that tower of um, Babel. Babel where, you know, and- Well, and uh, that's kind of the argument amongst um, Christians for the last, I mean, really for the last like 20 years, but really heavily since COVID is like, look at all the changes that have happened in city just in America since COVID lockdown. Mm -hmm. Right. And then compare it to the end of times in the New Testament. Mm -hmm. But then I think when you guys start talking about that stuff, I'm like, that's been happening for like the last since but the, when the it industrial started, revolution with things changing. I mean, and yeah, I mean always yeah. like Liz's mom's the end of days. Point, the whole world is about to go to hell, you know? Yeah. And now we're like, the whole world's about to go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cycle of, of those thinkings. And I mean, they're learning from that. They're learning how we, you know, uh, you get older and music just don't taste, sound the same. Food just doesn't taste the same. Movies just don't hit the same. It's just like they're learning from those things and they're learning how to keep us engaged. And, but we can learn from that too. You know, we can yeah. learn how to appreciate the old and still accept the new. And I, and me being a little bit more conservative, I try to stay a little bit progressive in my views. You know, I try to listen to new music and stay engaged in the cultures around me it's hard because i'm getting older and i just don't fucking understand you kids <laughs> oh my it's well, i do think so it's crazy go back to the budweiser thing 
<laughs> you know, something that that does work i mean just look at what's happened to them uh bud light right i mean it's insane uh how quickly too but i mean you could look at different things like that caesar chavez and the and the grapes right? <laughs> yeah. boycotting does hurt and but wow this beer so, is good beer. yeah <laughs> the bud light thing so crazy <laughs> how else did everybody know I mean, even, and I don't give a shit, but even me, you know, I've been out a couple of days this week and I'm like, yeah, no, you got a Michelob. You know, I don't even care. Mm -hmm. But even me, I'm like, look at me going along with the masses. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Two, those huh? two are different. Those two <laughs> are different. There. But to, I mean, we're just like two set in our ways. <laughs> Yeah, and they got—they're making all these um, changes with the Navy, and it's just like beer. I mean, I'm gonna keep drinking the beer that I like. I don't give. I don't give. Here, here's a good one. Localize the problem. You know what I mean? There, uh, Jordan Peterson. I live, breathe, and shit that guy. He's brilliant to me, and I live by a lot of his ways. And one of the things he talks about is like, don't throw house and you know, or don't throw rock stones in glass houses. <laughs> don't throw house. Don't throw houses. Yeah, don't throw either. I think that's a good idea. Localize the problems, you know, handle the things that you can handle in your own community first. Have your house in order, as he would say. You know, if you can't control the world, I can't control what Budweiser puts on their goddamn beers. You know, I can't control this and that. And it doesn't mean to not be proactive in your community and your government and not to vote and all those things, but don't let it stress you out to the point where you can't make a difference, you know? Yeah. And who but at the same time to just play devil's advocate. Yeah. <laughs> you like stand up for what you believe in. Yeah. But you then know? I'm sitting here going, who fucking cares? Well, that's like, I really that's I really don't who care. fucking cares, you know. But even with like the, the like Tucker Carlson off of Fox News. I, I mean, I don't even, I don't care, honestly, but it's like all these people saying, I'm never watching Fox News again. Um, so when we think of what can we not, or what can we do, you can turn things just like the Bud Light thing. So is that going to hurt some kind of political agenda? Probably, you know, the little things like that, which doesn't seem like we have a lot of control, but there are choices that we can make that can make a difference too. Yeah. 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 But look, I uh, and and I agree with that, you know. Don't don't stop doing things to uh, you know, further the causes that you believe in. But first and foremost, get your house in order, I think, yeah. you know. And a a great example of that. Sorry, dad. My dad, you know, he's this he has all of these political opinions that are just so out of his fucking hands. He lets them stress him out to the point of crippleation and how proactive he is in the things that he believes in. And it's like, well, localize those problems first. What is it that you can do? And organize them in a way that they're steps forward, not um, stagnation. Yeah. Yeah. Try to do what you can do, though. That I, And I like the, the in your community kind of idea. Because mm -hmm. it's got to start there. It's got to start somewhere, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Start in your home. Yeah. In the and in the spirit of questioning everything, you eventually learn like, okay, so this is hill that I don't really care to die on. <laughs> That's the most. Yes. You like let it the fuck go. 
Yeah. yeah. That is for sure. Or are we all primed to think that way by the MK Ultra de facto's themselves? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, if that's the case, I'm going to say thanks because it has gotten easier to say that. Yeah. Like, yeah, this isn't. Yeah, I'm let it go. Yeah, like I don't give a shit anymore. Like, I mean, about per- some things, I hope. <laughs> about, I care about a lot of things, but what packaging is used on a fucking beer can, I could give two shits about. You know what I find interesting, real quick? This is a weird tangent, but and what it what it um, symbolizes, you know? Mm-hmm. Do you? What I find interesting right now is this next generation of young adults that are just under us, the Gen Zers, and what they're willing and more importantly not willing to put up with. Now I understand, like on the liberal side when it comes to oh my gosh now they're boycotting a beer company whatever but um what i found interesting was i saw an article yesterday and it was like gen zers are not applying for jobs on like indeed if it doesn't list the salary and it was like twisted in a way where it's like these spoiled ass little brats won't even apply for a job unless you tell them what they're gonna make and it's like you know what what the (laughs) and i was like this is such like such a no you know no offense mom but like such a boomer article okay (laughs) (laughs) like look at this these spoiled brats they're they're putting themselves first they're not gonna work this shitty ass job for shit pay they're not even gonna apply for it and it's like that's something that we should be like rewarding Good for you. First of all, workplaces should be putting how much you're making hourly or, you know, yearly, whatever the fuck, whatever your wage that you're offering. And it should be at least minimum wage. I've worked jobs that were below minimum wage and it was fucking bank robbery on for me, you know, like highway robbery. But um, that's so stupid. crazy how kids who are under the age of 18 have to pay taxes on their paychecks like you can't vote no taxation without representation right yeah Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I like that i never thought about that yeah they, kids kids under 18 point, that can't vote not be paying taxes i don't that's that is so wrong to me i've been filing my taxes since i was 16. yeah that's this is when i got my first job and when did when were you allowed to vote? When was the first time you voted? Oh gosh. You probably were 18. You probably like missed it by the third year or whatever, right? I voted mom and I went and voted when we were living in Little Rock. So I was like nine, 18, 18. Mm-hmm. You're lucky then. Because a lot of people like the voting year happens at 17 and they have to still wait three years for that representation. Mm-hmm. Well, like right? like at, once you're 18, you can vote for local government. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. True. It was Obama when Obama was. His yeah, and representatives are every two years anyway. And yeah. then. Yeah. 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 But yeah. Yeah. Crazy. This has been a fun, a fun um, episode. We always do make it fun when we've got our guest stars, but 
it's because you know we all really well josh you said it so well the last time we had alex on um almost like we're friends <laughs> we actually like each other but it's true it's just it's so cool to get out of your own head and to hear the different sides even though alex you know you're so wrong when it comes to <laughs> periods <laughs> oh yeah that's fine. i never got to finish that explanation but okay. <laughs> it was always bringing up aliens like shut the hell up alex <laughs> You have so much insight into other things. And like, mom, I'm so glad. Thank you for coming on here. And mm -hmm. big brother who dipped out earlier. Thanks for watching while we were talking about the government conspiracies. But um, I thought this was a freaking solid episode. We get yeah, it was fun. Thank you for having me. I know. Oh. A lively familial debate. Mm -hmm. oh, it was too. great. Yeah. Enjoy your bed tonight. We're waiting for our CIA agent to let us out of the interrogation room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what room are you in? We're actually waiting on our fucking acid. <laughs> <laughs> They're late with it, too. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, it's been fun. I got my bathroom clean. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. I'm glad to keep you coming. <laughs> it's awesome. And and we're so glad to have you guys on again. It really is just awesome. And to be able to finally talk about some deep, deep rooted conspiracy theories. The MK Ultra, I mean it's real. It's not even conspiracy theory, it's real. Yeah, <laughs> it's real. It's so scary. But um, yeah, we're really excited that you guys were here to witness this conspiracy theory breakdown and, you know, join us in our lovely talk and tangents and all that stuff. Hmm. And other than that, we would love to hear if you guys have any, you know, favorite conspiracy theories or government declassified information you guys want us to talk about definitely let us know yeah and if you guys watch this on youtube you are so welcome for the crazy well there's how old jumping in you're so welcome for all the crazy shifting <laughs> mom and big brother popping in and out of the thing if you're not on youtube watching this our youtube is the twisted twins podcast you can also send us messages, like, subscribe, follow us on TikTok and Instagram, because we already know that the majority of you are on social media. <laughs> Big Brother told us. We know. <laughs> like, subscribe on our TikTok and Instagram at underscore the Twisted Twins podcast. And again, like Britt said, we want to hear your guys' stories. So definitely send us a message or an email to the Twisted Twins podcast at gmail.com. Yes. We hope you guys have a wonderful week ahead. You all take care and yes. stay <laughs> twisted. Boys. Bye. 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 Bye.